Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. All right. Now I want to start off by trying to do something. This may or may not work, but I need some water. Okay. Oh, are you going to do an impression of Gaul? Okay, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to be right. I need to get the growl up. That's just how I imagine you waking up in the morning. you got to do... I've, I've been trying to learn uh, um, metal singing. Um, it's all about... Uh, yeah, you got to do, like, you know when you're, like, picking something up, but, like... As you're picking something up, you gotta put that into the ground. Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies Podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything sinister, hosted by two gay guys from Australia. I'm Jared, your expert in depravity, and I have the sinister and satanic Paul Carp from the extra, extra sinister The Guardian. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, in this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different to what we've done previously. We're going to be looking at Gal. Uh, and Gal is a leading figure within the Norwegian black metal scene. Now, Paul, before I started to introduce you to this, had you ever heard of the Norwegian black metal scene before? Uh, I I remember that uh, that Eurovision uh, winning entry. Was that was that Norwegian black metal? Lordy from Eurovision. Uh, will not count as black metal because they are a Christian band. Oh, wow. Okay. I just didn't realize the Christian imagery of like dressing up like zombies. That is the most anti-black metal thing that I could think of. <laughs> well, now I can see why it doesn't count. So to, so to get Paul used to the genre of Norwegian black metal, I sent him three tracks from Gal's uh, very diverse disco- discography. I sent him uh, Incipit Satan by Gorgoroth. Right. 
Outlive by Godseed. Ghosts Invited, uh, which is Gal's new band, which I don't really like, uh, new band uh, Gal's Verd, is what I, how I think I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> I'm actually I'm dying to know what you thought of of Gal's discography. Uh, well, I was excited about Incipit Satan just because you know I thought, oh, this is a good use of high school Latin. Uh, this is going to be really <laughs> useful. Um, but what language was the rest of it in, if not Latin? Ah, well, so they're from Norway, so they'd be speaking Dutch. Okay, well, Dutch. Oh no, Norwegian. <laughs> Well, I was very disappointed. So the first point of my review would be very disappointed that there wasn't more Latin, just the title. You know, I, yeah, I, I, sh- I mispronounced it. It should be uh, Incipit Satar. Yeah. Uh, Is it? Uh, Incipit Satan? Uh, no, they weren't saying Kippet. They yeah, were doing some Norwegian variant on it. Anyway, this, this was kind of uh, what I would call the wall of noise, uh, which is w- w- how I uh, hear... Death metal as kind of just uh, uh, Paul, massive. I need to stop you there. It's not death metal. It's black, black metal. Okay. And if we if we confuse them, we will get letters. <laughs> black metal. Okay. Um, that's that's certainly what what I hear when I think of uh, black metal is a wall of noise, kind of thrashing on guitars and shouting and a sort of un- unrelenting. Uh, yeah, and that that's that that's what this one was like in Incipit Satan. Um, there was a nice lull between verses, actually, that was a bit peaceful, was a bit more electro-poppy, and I was like, oh, this is cool, I could really get back into this, but it was really just the calm before the storm. Electro-poppy is an interesting yeah. term. <laughs> well, only only in this, only in this, like, brief period that they weren't shouting, and then it was just, like, straight back into the next verse, straight back into the thrashing and shouting, so, yeah, very, uh, very metal, hmm. Um... The second one, uh, God Seed Alt Live, uh, I found a much more pleasant listening experience. It had more spare instrumentation, so you could actually hear the bass line and the chord progression. And there was a bit of build up before the shouting, a bit of a bit of shouting foreplay. They didn't just jam it right in uh, uh, like Insipid <laughs> Satan. Um, and I looked up the lyrics. The lyrics were quite interesting. It was everybody grows, everything dies, and you know I didn't find that uh, that dark. You know it was, it was. I, I mean, even Epicurean philosophy and and other strands of philosophy um, emphasize mortality so that people make the most of this life. So the, I, I I didn't the find number it like, of threats that we're going to now get from black metal fans for you describing it as not very dark. <laughs> I, I just, the lyrics were about, oh, you know, ev- everything uh, is born and everything grows and everything dies. I just found that kind of 
matter of fact. It wasn't. It wasn't a particularly uh, gory or, or dark or violent. It was. It just like seemed like a statement of the obvious. That's very good. Like like a Buddhist. Uh reflection on our that existence is suffering well no no not but it's not suffering they didn't say suffering they just said you know everything has a beginning and an end basically and that's you know that's not controversial it just reminds you to to live your life in the meantime good on them uh and what do you think of Gal's latest efforts in Gal's bed uh i found this one a bit camp like there's a yeah there's a, he's got I fucking a, hate it. <laughs> so he's got a sort of operatic uh, voice, and with the use of the the trem, tremolo, the tr- kind of tremulous quality as he sing, sings. Um, tremulous so, quality. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I, I, I found it. I found it a bit camp, to be honest. Yeah. Oh jeez. All right. So I. I think I. Wait. Did you enjoy the last one then? Uh, I think. I think Godseed Alt Live was my favorite. Um, yeah. It, it, but uh, it, the Gulls Veered Ghosts Invited was definitely uh, an easier listen than Incipit Satan. Yeah. I should note that I, most of the time I listen to 1960s Motown. So I, I got to say, I didn't. <laughs> Bit I of a change. I didn't find, yeah, there, there to be much influence from the, the, the sound of young America in, in, the death, in the black metal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of Gorgoroth. Uh, I think that Gorgoroth, uh, a lot of black metal, as we'll get to when I describe the genre, uh, is it's designed to sound a bit shit, as in the idea of black metal, particularly Norwegian black metal, is that you're not there to be some sort of commercialized product. It's meant to be an experience, this really like depraved, dark experience that you're going through. And I think Gorgoroth, when uh, Gal was the the lead singer of Gorgoroth, was perfect at that. I think that he captured that that atmosphere so well. Uh, I haven't listened to much Godseed. The stuff that I have listened to, it's fine. It is on the kind of lighter side, which is not really my thing. Gal's Verd, whatever Gal's currently doing with his music, uh, this is all post him coming out. He's gone all kind of campy. I, I don't like it. Um, uh, it's very, it's very very nordic and uh it reminds me of the the things that you see whenever you watch like uh alt-right neo-nazi videos on youtube which i'm known to do just for kind of informative reasons uh they always try and put this like viking-esque backing track over them uh and galsberg sounds exactly like that so i'm not a huge fan of, of where he's gone with his career I watched that interview you sent uh, with Gal, and he—it's interesting that he said that Gorgoroth was uh, too narrow uh, in its image, um, mm. and I found that really heartening. Uh, that uh, this this idea that an outsider like me has that it's just shouting um, is actually reflected in what he said about his own art—that it's like quite narrow. It's meant to be. It's meant to be alienating. It's meant to be, uh, and that'll make more sense once I start going on and and talk about the philosophical underpinnings of black metal because that's what really fascinates uh, me about black metal. I, I am a metal fan. 
but I'm not a huge black metal fan. I like uh, some sort of death. I like death metal, like 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 um, Autopsy. Uh, I even like some old school like glam metal. Motley Crue's okay. Twisted Sister's really really good. Uh, so I'm I'm an amateur metal fan. I'm not an expert on the genre, uh, but definitely Gorgoroth amongst the black metal bands was was one of my favorites. I don't know if you had like a bad day at work and you get in your car and you just wanted to shout uh, and you just wanted to have someone else shouting with you. I could understand putting on one track. I just I just don't understand why you would stretch to a whole album or concert. I, I listen to black metal and variants of death metal when I work out. It's so good as workout music. <laughs> Oh wow, maybe maybe that's why you're more ripped than me. Maybe, yeah, see, maybe it's all maybe sixties Motown is like really bad exercise music, and I should get on it. Satan keeps me fit. <laughs> it's like it's it's that reminds me of uh, you know uh, U.S. Marines in Iraq uh, <laughs> listening to you know they're in the tank and they're listening to uh, uh, you know they're listening to metal music to amp them up to just sort of charge in. Yeah, it has that effect on people. It's 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 uh, quite a unique genre to kind of ramp up your emotions and make you feel kind of quite extreme, extreme things. So let's let's give a bit of a bit of a brief, brief history of metal as a genre. Uh, sometimes referred to as heavy metal, but never say that to a metal fan. <laughs> uh, metal came uh, about in the 1960s and the 1970s, and is generally traced back to the UK. Metal is often distinguished from rock and punk because there's a lot of uh, amplified distortion in their music. So that kind of uh, reverby type noise that you hear uh, is called, caused by this distortion. There's a lot of extended guitar solos, so the classic like that's very classically metal. Uh, and when I was looking at the, the kind of music theory definition, one of the other characteristics was loudness. <laughs> Which, <laughs> mm, a fine observation that <laughs> fine observation loudness uh so the kind of early metal bands or early precursors are uh, led zeppelin black sabbath uh deep purple judas priest and we will do an episode on uh, rob halford from judas priest who is another sinister sissy uh less problematic than goal uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Death Leopard, you know, they're the kind of classic uh, first wave of, of metal bands. Oh, Iron what? Maiden, that's what that's what the uh, protagonist in Teenage Dirtbag is listening to. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, that's uh, a classic, man, lay off. <laughs> what we saw after the first wave of metal is that there was a gradual splintering of metal genres into different kind of styles or variants on, on classic metal uh, and also kind of ideological differences. And as I said, the ideology underpinning metal is what fascinates me so much. So we have things like glam metal uh, in the 80s and 90s. So Motley Crue, uh, Twisted Sister, Poison, Rat, any kind of time you've seen a music video where there's like a big haired woman dancing on a, on a car, uh, that's what we mean by glam metal. We had death metal, which was really inspired by the, the horror genre and the slasher genre. So you got uh, Obituary, Autopsy, lots of those kind of classic bands, very much playing with the aesthetic of blood and death and guts and, and all of that sort of stuff. 
Um, then we have uh, Grindcore, which was a fusion of punk and metal uh, with classic bands like Napalm Death, uh, Carcass, uh, and uh, most famously, the band who recently lost a member, uh, Anal Cunt, who was a, <laughs> a favourite band of mine. Uh, and then even within Grindcore, you've got kind of variants based on aesthetics. So you've got Gore Grind, which is all about kind of graphic uh, um, bodily imagery and you've got porno grind where all the lyrics are kind of about sexually explicit stuff um, so so many genres there's also like thrash metal uh, like we have with Megadeth so so it started to splinter and one of the things that splintered out from all these subgenres was uh, black metal now black metal is defined by its fast tempo tempo it's more shrieking vocal style so there's a lot of ah! type stuff uh, distorted guitar sounds, uh, but most of all, black metal, in particular Norwegian black metal, is is distinguished by its history and its underlying ideology. So, uh, very very early black metal bands stem from the UK, things like uh, Venom, as well as the Swedish band Bathory. But black metal really started to get its own type of infamy. Uh, when the Norwegian black metal band Mayhem came on the scene. Now, I don't have time to go through the very, very interesting history of Mayhem, and it's not all relevant to, to gay stuff, so uh, can't go through all of that. But if you have a chance, there's a film as well as a book called uh, Lords of Chaos, which is all about the early Norwegian black metal scene and Mayhem. Uh, and the shit that they got up to. So there was murders. There were multi. There were over a dozen church Whoa. burnings. Murders by them. By them, yeah. So uh, and often against each other. So there was a classic dispute within Mayhem between Euronymous and Varg Vikernes, and uh, which Varg Vikernes killed Euronymous. Uh, and there was there's a couple of other ones, including um, Faust, who I'm going to mention in a moment. Faust uh, killed a, a gay man who was hitting on him. He stabbed him to death and then went to jail for a period of time. And uh, church burnings, they were also known for the, they were the big media whores, mayhem. They were known for actively promoting uh, anti-Christianity, Satanism, kind of misanthropic themes. They also flirted a bit with nazi themes it's interesting that you you're suggesting that those aren't uh, ideologies that they genuinely held that they were that, that they were just doing that for sensationalism and free media for mayhem definitely so mayhem uh consisted of very very young guys in their 20s uh, and they were trying to kind of one-up each each other uh, in showing how evil they were. Um, and it was pretty fucking childish, a lot of them. Uh, so they had one of their band members uh, um, dead. Is it dead or death? Uh, one of their band members dead. He uh, killed himself because he had a uh, kind of psychological uh, issue where he believed that he was already dead and would pretend to be dead and he was obsessed with dead animals and things like that. He shot himself in the head. Um, and uh, Euronymous, when he found his dead friend, uh, went and got a camera and took a photo of the suicide and then that was uh, Mayhem's next album, co album cover. So they, they were trying to ramp up their, their kind of sinister evilness. That's interesting and because they have... Metal has this uh, image of a sort of radical independence, 
Uh, but, you know, given taboos are dictated by culture, um, you're basically, uh, you're basically p- positioning yourself um, as as the dark side, as the opposite of, of you know of whatever culture approves of, but paradoxically you you're, you allow yourself then to be defined uh, by the culture that you're reacting against. It's not independent uh, minded at all. Then no, and you see with uh, mayhem, there's a great scene in the Lords of Chaos film where and it's based on a true account that and where Varg Vikernes is being interviewed by a journalist and the journalist is like oh you've got like Nordic paganism and Nazi imagery and Satanism and all these other things they don't really all go together how do you see them all go together and Varg was like yeah, we, we just we just want to be evil <laughs> like it's it's very childish the early early black metal scene was very childish but basically keeping... going to your room and sla- slamming your door and you know turning turning the music up just to just to get up your parents piss off from it exactly and Euronymous, who uh founded mayhem he uh had a record store that he ran that pumped out black metal records uh but it was all owned by his parents and keeping in mind these guys are in norway they have amazing health care they are like very well educated you know they don't have a lot to rebel against and so it's this more ideological anti-christian stuff when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. So that was the environment in which Norwegian black metal... Uh, was starting to, to come about. And I, I really you have to look at the Norwegian black metal scene and watch Lords of Chaos because it's such a fascinating uh, world and history uh, in the mid-1990s and it interrelates with kind of satanic panic and, and other things that were happening at the time. So, Gull, uh, he was born in Norway. Uh, he is a, his name, his name, and I'm going to mispronounce this, and I'm going to put in put in a Norwegian accent as much as I can. His name is uh, Christian Evind Espendale. I don't know how good of an account that was. Uh, he was born the seventh of August, 1975. He was born in Espendale, which is also part of his name, which is a very, um, very regional, very, very remote area in Norway. He, his school consisted of a single house with one teacher and there was one other student. 
And so he was very, very isolated, didn't have a lot of friends when he was growing up. Uh, uh, he, the first band that Gal joined was Treldom. He was going to be Treldom or something like that. Uh, but he is most infamous for being the lead singer of Gorgoroth, uh, and uh, which he joined in 1997. Uh, Gorgoroth was originally formed by Infernus, uh, and the the tripartite group of uh, Gal, Infernus, and King of El uh, form Gorgoroth, and they've done the majority of Gorgoroth songs. So if you you know the the, the Gorgoroth sound, it's probably those three guys. Um, the sound of dead Norway. The sound of yes. So Gorgoroth, following Norwegian black metal generally. Uh, did have its own ideology, that kind of misanthropic ideology. They were very explicitly satanic in their imagery and in their ideology. They they were almost charged in Poland because they played a concert in Krakow in 2004 where they had a whole bunch of impaled sheep heads, uh, satanic symbols, and they had guys up on crosses. So there was mock crucifixions. Poland is quite a uh, religious country, and so there was a lot of... Very Catholic. Yeah, very Catholic. A lot of um, backlash because of religious blasphemy and also animal cruelty laws. Um, They didn't end up getting charged, but it was one of the things that really made them quite infamous as a band. If you're allowed to kill sheep to eat them, I don't see why, you know... And you don't eat the head. You don't eat the head. They they might have, like, had all the other stuff. Gal is a vegetarian as well. He just uses... Dead animals as part of his theatre. Why? Why is he a vego? I don't know. People have never really, um, as we will see going along. Gal is is kind of a scary man, and um, people are often quite afraid to interview him. There's a wonderful uh, Vice mini documentary where they attempt to interview Gal, and they go to his really romantic. romantic a cabin in Norway and these little scared vice reporters can't handle it. <laughs> he's just, he's freaking them out. So if Gal is a vegetarian, does that mean he sits down to a steaming hot bowl of dal? Oh, Paul. Oh. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to leave that in just to shame you. Um, so in terms of Gorgoroth, uh, Infernus is openly a theistic Satanist. Uh, Gaal is probably more of a contemporary secular Satanist. Uh, and if you want us to do an episode on Satanism, I'm I'm very across this shit in terms of contemporary Satanism. So we can do a whole thing on that. So is contemporary secular Satanist just like you're a big fan of Richard Dawkins and then to stick it up Christians, you pretend to like Satan? No, they would hate. They hate Richard Dawkins. Oh, so um, you've got like Anton Lavey, who started the Church of Satan, and then there's the Temple of Set, and then there's the Temple of Satan. We'll do. We'll do a whole separate episode of Satanism and homosexuality. Maybe maybe we'll do like a themed thing of how uh, various satanic groups have dealt with homosexuality because I think that that would be quite interesting. Oh, cool. Um, there are lots so, of pornos with that theme too. So yeah, love it. Uh, so Gal's personal beliefs are a kind of Nietzschean uh, view of the Overman or the Ubermensch, uh, as well as uh, a mix of ethnic pagan beliefs and a general anti-Christian sentiment. He hates Christianity and the ideas behind Christianity. 
contemporary which bit well contemporary satanism defines itself as the uh worship of the self as god so contemporary satanism is often about uh viewing yourself as a manifestation um self-deification viewing yourself as a manifestation of some sort of uh god-like force uh, force which is referred to as satan so Mm, this so the selflessness of christianity is the problem it's the selflessness and it's also the getting your ethics from an external figure rather than having your own internal will or true will be reflected outwards. I actually I have a quote from Gaal talking about why the band um, uses Satan and what Satanism means to him. He said, when I use the word Satan, it means the natural order. The will of a man, the will to grow, the will to become the superman, and to not be oppressed by any law such as the church, which is only which is only a way to control the masses. So that's his idea of Satanism. That just that just seems like libertarianism to me. It's not. It's different because I'm no longer a libertarian, but I'm kind of a Satanist. <laughs> and it does. You might say it's not political, but that, I mean, you know, is that person really going in and like voting for universal health care and like disability care? I don't know. I assume so. Oh. I mean, they they live in Norway. I feel like even the I feel like the political order there is there is there's an assumption of state services. They were not anti-state. They weren't anarchist in any way. They so were, why do they hate the church and not the state? Because the church, in their mind, perverted the uh, pagan orthodoxy at the time, the kind of heathen religions at the time, and they were uh, far superior to Christian ideology. Mm. So Gal, obviously, and Gorbaroth generally uh, openly supported the church burnings um, and is, is quite supportive of, of getting rid of any ounce of Christianity on the face of the earth. And that, that really motivated Gorgoroth, and it's one of the reasons that it is so infamous. And what did he go to prison for? So he was known for being a bit of a violent man. Uh, there were two instances of assault. One was so serious that he went to prison. Uh, on Gal's account, what happened is that he was holding a party at his house a guy gate crashed that party and refused to leave. So Gull uh, beat the shit out of him, uh, tied him to a chair, uh, cut him and collected his blood into a cup um, and was threatening to make the guy drink his own blood uh, until the man was eventually freed. Uh, prosecution line is that, that it was this whole drawn out uh, torture session and he was going to make him drink his blood. Gaal says that he only wanted to put the blood in a cup because he didn't want to make his um, rug dirty. So he was sentenced and served a year in prison for that, that torture attack. Um, and then once he was released, he's had some kind of more minor uh, assault charges in which he's beaten and, and quasi-tortured a couple of people. So Gal is known for being quite a scary man and quite a violent man, but only if you provoke him. The 
the reason we're talking about Carl is, of course, because he is an openly gay man. Now, he didn't come out publicly to the media technically until 2008, but on his account, it was just because nobody asked basically until 2008 about his relationship. And the reason that it came about is that out of nowhere, it became known that Gal was co-funding a uh, fashion collection for women. Uh, so he was co-funding a fashion collection for women called, I think it's called Winjo or Winjo, uh, which is Norwegian for uh, happiness. And so this raised a lot of eyebrows as to why he was doing that. Uh, and then it came out that he was actually in a relationship with a... Um, it came out that he was in a relationship with Norwegian modelling agent Dan DeViro. Uh, and this is when he first spoke openly about the fact that, that he was gay and that he was in a, a gay relationship. Only briefly. Um, they, they've since broken up. I'm Googling to see if he's a hottie. Oh, Dan DeViro. The contrast is amazing. Google uh, Dan DeViro and Gal, and you will see the uh, the clear daddy twink thing they've got going on. They're both quite pale, though. That's true. Well, I think that's just the region. Yeah. Very different. Twink, twinky versus, like, long, dark hair and beard and shit yeah girl girl's very norwegian black metal and uh uh dan DeViro is this like twinky fashionista how the <laughs> have... how the fashion line go i don't know google uh it's a w y n j o see if it's still around w y n j o oh winjar 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 summer collections order now all right, so it's still successful. There you go. Uh, I love listening to uh, Gal's interviews about his homosexuality because it's such a challenge to the narrative that people want to paint for him. There, There is this view because black metal is seen as this kind of boisey, uh, you know, dark, sinister, satanic uh, genre that there's... There's this wish to make Gal this kind of like, oh, he's a hero in the genre and he's wanting to come out and all the black metal fans are going to betray him and all this sort of stuff. That That's not what happened. Even even when they ask, uh, interviewers ask about his relationship, he so when he first came out about uh, Dan DeViro, an interviewer asked, um, is this the first time that, that you've been in love? And his reply was... Uh, this is the first time someone's insanity grabbed hold of me, <laughs> which is lovely. That's that sounds like an emphatic yes. That's just... it is. Well, it's exactly. I think I, that would be a wonderful thing to say. Um, uh, as I said, Gal has never really seen him speaking to a journalist about something as a coming out. He had had sexual relationships with guys for a long period of time, and for him, it was a bit of a, a bit of a non-issue. Uh, journalists have noted that there was some homophobic complaints by black metal bands, but Gal seems to think that that that's overstated and that the vast majority of black metal fans have been incredibly supportive, mainly because, you know, they're anti-Christian. Uh, and so there's nothing more black metal and satanic than fucking a man. 
Yeah, he said it's like a really liberal scene, but a minute ago you were telling me about someone that killed Faust. Killed so a gay this man. is great. So it's just like I'm having uh, I'm having trouble reconciling those things. So I recently watched a an interview. Actually, it was the interview that I sent you where he was talking about coming out, and he said actually the the first person who called me to support me after I came out was Faust. The in that interview. Yeah, in that interview that I sent you, because Faust is now out. He served nine years and then was released because it's Norway. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was very, very supportive. And so I don't know if the you know if he's just grown up in nine years or whether the original reporting on Faust's motivations for killing the gay man were incorrect. But, yeah, according to Goal, he's incredibly supportive. Wow, that is a liberal justice system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nine years. Uh, but they have really good success in terms of recidivism rates, and I'm very supportive of progressive criminal justice reform, just putting that on the record. Yeah, calling calling up and, you know, giving his support to his gay, screamy metal <laughs> friend, yeah. yeah. Uh, in 2010, Gal was presented with Gay Person of the Year, a uh, Gay Person of the Year Award at the Bergen Gay Gala. Um, he found it hilarious that there was a, a gay person of the year award he said that i think that handing out awards on the grounds of sexual orientation or race is silly still it might mean a lot to others so i accepted it so he's you know he's not being completely against the the idea yeah in that interview though he talks about uh he said it was frustrating that people have to have someone to you know implicitly tell them that being gay is okay uh mm. and he would prefer that you know people didn't need role models like that or didn't didn't construe him as being a role model. Yeah, I think for him, you know, sex is just sex. Uh, and, you know, you can see it. What I find really interesting about it is cause, because he's coming from an anti-Christian, contemporary Satanist, Nietzschean perspective, uh, needing social approval or needing external approval to him would seem a bit weird, I think, because you are a god mm. under that contemporary Satanist view. Mm. Um, you don't need that external validation. Mm. Um, when he was asked by an interviewer, are you worried that people will see you differently now that they know that you're gay? He responded this, this way. Mankind is known to be narrow-minded, so maybe some, but I guess it will even out the score in a way. I think it will be positive for some and negative for some. It's always good to have some negative as well. Otherwise, you would end up with equality, and equality is the worst thing in the world. Equality is stagnation. It doesn't let anything grow. It holds back. Does he mean equality or does he mean uniformity? I think he means equality. So I another... think that's a I think that's a strange definition of equality. Like if if you if you think that um people can only be equal if they have the same characteristics, then I could see how you would uh, come to that conclusion that equality is stagnation. But if you interpret equality to mean that you have equal rights but then you all pursue different interests and do whatever, like I don't see how you argue to that conclusion, but I think he means ethical equality so like that everyone is so he's not talking legal equality he's talking uh 
that everyone is treated equally, equally on uh, the same basis. Because again, a lot of contemporary Satanism and Nietzschean influenced philosophy, it looks to nature and in nature there are hierarchies and things pattern out in a way where there are lower orders and higher orders. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's not a fan of ethical equality uh, because I imagine in many ways he sees his life and his version of sexuality as better. I think you get it. Yeah, I think that gets into the weird, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson naturalistic fallacy about, you know, the... the Don't the, the, you dare the comp- lob- compare the lob- Satanism to Jordan Peterson. Yeah, you know... Sacred the, Satanism. The, the, the male lobster has bigger claws, so it's supposed to dominate the female lobster. I think I think you get into nat- naturalistic fallacies there. I, I, I am very much against any comparison between contemporary Satanism and Jordan Peterson. I do not think there is a connection between the two. <laughs> I will defend my Satanic brethren. Uh, another final quote on, on Satanism uh, that I think is worth noting, uh, that I think kind of finalizes his philosophy and what he's all about, is that Satanism is freedom for the individual to grow and become the Superman. Every man who's born to be king becomes king. Every man who's born to be a slave doesn't know Satan. I love it. Well, every man who's born to be a slave doesn't know Satan. Does that mean I'm a slave? I don't get it. Maybe. for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can also follow us individually at Jared Bartle and at Paul underscore Carp. We've also recently set up a Patreon, so if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash Sinister Sissies. I hope to see you next time and stay sinister. <laughs>